How you guys doing this morning? Good. You good? good? Having a good day? Cool. So I was wondering, how many of you guys have chores at home? A lot of you. What are some of the chores that you have to do? What's a chore you have to do? I have to do the dishes. You have to do the dishes. What's, a, what's another one? Take out the trash. Take out the bathroom trash. Take out the bathroom trash, yeah. What, what are some other ones? Feed the dogs. Bathrooms. You have to clean the bathrooms? Ooh. So do some of you guys sometimes feel like, um, like you're kind of your parents' servants? Like you're kind of like, you're, do you ever feel like that? Your parents are like, you ever say it's not fair? I shouldn't have to do that? No? You guys are all pretty good kids. Wow. Your parents are lucky. Have you, ever, have you ever had a chore that you felt it wasn't fair that you shouldn't have to do? Let me tell you about one that I always thought was unfair. Making my bed. I was always like, why should I make my bed when I'm just going to get back into it tonight and go to sleep? But for some reason, my mom still wanted me to make my bed. Are there any chores like that for you guys that you think, like, it's not fair to do those? Yeah? You know, why even wash dishes? That's a good point, too. <laughs> so sometimes I think when we're growing up, we feel like, like some of the things that we have to do for our parents are not fair all the time. But you know what Jesus tells us to do? Jesus tells us to serve them anyways, okay? And your parents didn't pay me to say that, okay? <laughs> And so that's what we're going to be talking about in the service today. And so if you stay here, you can hear about that. Or you can go to Kids Word, um, which you can go to now. Um, there should be somebody in the back to lead you out there. Um, and so uh, you guys can get going. Um, as I was thinking this week, I, I, thought, I was thinking about some different ways that um, I've been a servant in my life that I've served. And one of those ways was with my parents. Growing up... Um, I did chores, and I had things I was supposed to do. Um, actually, uh, a couple years ago, my siblings found a tape um, where I was doing the dishes, and I was like seven or eight years old, and I was doing all the dishes by myself, and, um, and everybody else in the family was just like playing, like in the living room, and, and my dad had the video camera out, and um, he could, uh, and, and I say, okay, dad, I'm, I'm finally done. And, and he's pointing the video camera in front of him at the desk, which has a dirty plate on it. He says, are you sure, Ryan? Are you sure you're done? Are you sure? And what's funny is at the time, I didn't, it, I wasn't like, oh, my parents are so mean or anything like that. It was years later when my siblings found the tape and they're like, Ryan, we feel so bad for you. <laughs> oh man, you had to do so much. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there, there was times growing up doing that kind of thing that I felt like it's not fair. You know, Another place I realized um, that, I, that I was a servant was at, um, was at school. At least it felt like it. Um, when, you're, when you're in these class, you know, you've got this teacher, and this teacher's asking you to do things, and you're supposed to do things to make the teacher happy, you know, do these assignments to make, sure, make the teacher happy so you can get good grades. And, you know, it felt like I was, I was serving them, too. And there's another one where uh, it wasn't, didn't always feel fair. I mean, we talk about our teachers all the time that it's not fair, right? The things they ask of us aren't fair. Um, well, that continued on through, through that whole life, um, through, through that part of my life, and then I got a job. Uh, when I was 17 years old, I got a job at Sheridan's Frozen Custard, uh, which is uh, basically an ice cream place here in Vancouver, um, although don't let them hear that I said it was ice cream. But um, I got a job there, and I realized that 
I was serving people there too. I was serving two different kinds of people there though. See, I was serving my boss and I was lucky enough to have a pretty good boss that um, I didn't mind serving them. Um, and they were paying, for, paying, it, paying me to do it, so that was nice too. But you know who else I was serving? I was serving the customer. I was literally serving ice cream to people. And any of you that have worked in customer service or food service know that customers are usually not very fair, right? It's actually very difficult a lot of times to please customers. They hand you money and think that, you know, they own you. No, you should do whatever I want because I, you know, paid you $3 for that ice cream cone. Um, so we grow, we grow up with this kind of thing that, you know, we're, we're serving people and it's not fair. You know, college was kind of similar to, to, to the rest of school, too. I felt like I was serving professors so that I could get a good grade. Um, I got married, and I realized, you know, in, in different ways, but, but there's still that, that serving of your wife, right? Now, Bob's going to talk about that next week, um, so I'm going to leave that for him. But I also realized, as a youth pastor, when I got this job, that I was serving people. Now, don't take this the wrong way, because I think most people expect pastors to serve, right? That's, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. But there's different people that I serve in this job as well, and one of those is Bob, my boss, right? And what's kind of funny is, um, so about six, eight weeks ago, Bob says, hey, I'm going to be gone on October 4th. Would you like to preach? I said, yeah, I would love to. He says, okay, great. I've already got First Peter all planned out, so here's your passage. Your passage is First Peter 3, 1 through 7. Like, okay, great. So I start to prepare, and what's great when you have like a month and a half, two months to do this is that like I can just think about it for a couple of weeks. So I really started to get things put together, and, I, and I, I pretty much had the whole sermon done. And then a few weeks ago, I was in the hospital trying to have a baby, and uh, <laughs> I wasn't successful, but my wife was. Um, so we're in the hospital, and I get an email from Bob that says, it, the title, the subject of it is, It's Not Fair. And he says, hey, Ryan, I just want to let you know I'm, I'm really struggling with the passage this week, and so um, I'm actually going to break it into two weeks. And so that means that you now are going to preach on 1 Peter 2, 18 through 25 instead of 1 Peter 3. And, and then he goes on to say, this is the one about servants and unjust masters. Feel free to use this as an example <laughs> of an unjust master. So at, at least he knew what he was doing, right? I give all these examples here this morning, not, not to say, oh, look, what a great servant I've been. That's not, that's not my goal here. The reason I gave these examples is because when we open to 1 Peter 2.18, if you want to do that now, when we open to 1 Peter 2.18, that first word in chapter 18 is servants. What I want to show you is that when we come to that first word, when he says servants, that he's talking to all of us. Because in one way or another, all of you out there are servants to somebody. Bob Dylan said you got to serve somebody. And all of us are servants to somebody. Whether it's in our employment and we actually have a boss or, or, or some other way in life, this passage applies to you. And I want to start at the beginning with that. Because I think sometimes we go to this and we think it's talking about something else, somewhere else, you know, that, that you know, this isn't really for me, but it is. We are all servants in one way or another. And so he starts out in verse, eight, or verse 18 of chapter 2. Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. And there's the big part of it right there, because being subject 
giving respect to the good and gentle master. That's easy, right? We naturally do that. We like to follow good leaders, but it's the unjust ones. It's the ones who aren't fair that we don't want to respect, we don't want to submit to. And yet Peter's telling us right here to do that. One nice thing about this passage is that it's pretty clear. The command is pretty easy to understand. This is what we're supposed to do. But he gives a couple qualifications, a couple things to help us not get confused. First of all, as we go into verse 19, he says, For this is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. This is a gracious thing, when, mindful of God. And that key, that, there's that key phrase there, mindful of God. Because let me tell you something right here. Let me confess something to you guys. I like feeling bad for myself. It actually makes me pretty happy to feel bad for myself, if I'm being honest. And I can easily say that because I think most of you are probably in the same shoes. Um, You know, we like, especially when other people feel bad for us, but have you ever had that situation where nobody knows what you're going through, and then you, that way you can feel even worse for yourself because nobody knows the pain you're going through? And you just go, oh, poor Ryan, I'm just suffering, I'm, you know? I just feel bad for myself. You know, there's no room for self-pity in the gospel. This isn't about feeling bad for ourselves. We don't serve the unjust master so that we can say, poor me. This isn't mindful of us. This is mindful of God. We do this for God. So that's the first thing. This isn't about feeling bad for ourselves. And secondly, um, uh, in, in verse 20, we see, for what credit is it If when you sin, you are beaten for it and endure. This also isn't about getting punishment for sinning, right? If you suffer because of something wrong that you did, that's the natural consequence to sin. That's not what this is about here. We shouldn't go out and and sin in order so we can say, oh, I'm suffering for Christ. That's not what this is about. This is about suffering unjustly, unjustly. This is about when things aren't fair, when we're serving somebody and they treat us unfairly. We're still supposed to show them all respect. We're still supposed to subject ourselves to them. We're supposed to listen to them. The thing about this, though, is that this isn't difficult to agree with, right? A lot of you right now are probably going, yeah, Ryan, um, we agree. This is a very Christianese thing to say. Paul talks about suffering all the time. Um, and, And so we would say, yeah, the Bible says that all over the place. I'm supposed to do that. But the thing is, is what does the world think about that idea. What does the world think about this right here? Because if I got up in front of the world, in front of the nation, and I said, you should, you should be serving people, even unjustly, you should be, things, things aren't always going to be fair for you. The world hates that. The world hates, the world is, ever, is against that idea that we should do that. Now, the world isn't against serving, okay? The world actually likes serving. But the world's against serving if it infringes on your rights, You see, we're all about our rights, aren't we? We're all about our entitlement. You see, we feel like we're owed certain things, so we don't have to put up with people being unfair. You know, the world is always about, is all about trying to make things fair. That's why fast food employees go on strike for $15 an hour, because they feel like they're entitled to a fair pay. That's why, I mean, there's all these lawsuits. People are always suing each other. It's because they feel like they have certain rights, they have cert- they're entitled to certain things, and if that person infringes on those, if that person takes that away in any way, they should have to pay you a lot of money. 
That's the world that we live in, is, is that I have the right to do this. I'm entitled to these things. Even as Christians, we're entitled, right? We feel, we feel like, I have the right to share my faith. I live in America. I have the right to, 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 you know, to free speech. I have the right to free religion. And if anyone tries to take that away from me, then you know what? They should, you know, they, they deserve to be punished. They deserve to go to jail or something. We're even entitled in that. And that's where we find this problem here is because we know what Peter says, we know what Jesus says, and yet we feel a different way a lot of the time. See, I don't think we have any issue understanding what Peter's trying to say in this passage and even believing that it's right. The difficulty we have in it is actually being compelled to do it. The real question here, the real question I was dealing with this week in this passage is why? Why should I suffer unjustly? Didn't Christ suffer so that I didn't have to? Why should I have to go through this? And that's really the question that we come to this morning. And I think that on the surface, this question is answered a couple times. Uh, we see a couple times in there, in those first few verses, he says, it's a gracious thing. And we're like, okay, it's a gracious thing to do this. And I know I'm supposed to be gracious, so I guess I'll do it. Does that, does that make you really, does that really compel you though? to serve that unjust master in that moment when things aren't fair to actually still serve them? I don't think so. So often when people ask, well, why should I do that? We say, well, because the Bible says so. And, and yeah, that, that is a reason, but it's not a reason that makes anything, anybody do anything, right? We can know that it's true, but to actually live it out, there has to be something more compelling than that. And so we continue on in verse 21 says, for to this you have been called. So we see that kind of Peter saying, this is what you've been called to. But he goes further, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no, he committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. He's talking about Jesus here. Do you guys know who Jesus is? Jesus was there in the beginning with God. Jesus is God. All things were created through him, and not a thing was made without him. Jesus is the uncreated creator of the universe. He is the almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing God. Jesus is, is the unchanging Savior. Jesus is, is the one who, he, his name is above all names. Do you know that, Jesus? That's who he is, and I've just barely scratched the surface of who Jesus is. And what did he do? Jesus was the most entitled person. I don't use that word negatively. I use it positively. Jesus is really the only one who's actually entitled to anything. He's the only one who has any right because he created everything and life itself is sustained through him. Jesus is entitled to everything. And yet what did he do? He made himself low. 
He came down as a servant of all. He didn't count equality with God a thing to be grasped. And he lived as a servant on this earth. And he died for us in the ultimate act of service. That's Jesus, the one who had the right to everything, the one who didn't have to suffer unjustly, but suffered more unjustly than any of us. That's Jesus. That's what he did for us. And yet we walk around like we're entitled to something when the only one who was entitled didn't use it. Instead, he laid his life down for us. And that's what this is about this morning. We're called to be servants. Not just servants to people who are good masters, but servants to the unjust. We're called to serve people. And I think really, when it comes down to it, this is about something even more than that. This is about serving every day in our life. Because there's going to be people that we have an opportunity to serve that, aren't, that we don't consider our masters, and yet we have an opportunity to serve them and to show them Christ. You see, Jesus suffering for us compels us to something. It compels us to serve one another and have that servant's heart. And it does it in a few ways. Because of what Jesus did, we see, well, we see an example of, um, of it says, he continued entrusting himself to, to him who judges justly, talking about the Father. The Father is the one who judges justly. In any opportunity where we, where we feel like we're being unfairly treated, there's a good chance there's no way we can make it right by treating them unfairly or by, or by trying to make it right. We're not the judge. We're not the one who can make it right. He's the one that can make it right. And so we endure and we, we allow God to do that. But that, that's, that's the small part. The second, the, 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 as we get bigger into it, we suffer like Christ suffered for us. And if we suffer like Christ suffered for us, suffered for us, we learn something more about Jesus. We step into knowing a little bit of what it was like for Jesus to suffer for our sake. And when we do that, it makes the gospel so much more real. We understand this more of the sacrifice that Jesus had for us, that he, that he did for us. We understand that more when we suffer for him. But we also get to know him more. We share in an experience with him. We suffer for him as he suffered for us, and we have that shared experience. If you know, um, if you've ever had a, a shared experience with, with somebody that was horrible with a friend, you know, a lot of you know that how much better friends you, be, you can come, become through that, through that shared experience, and that's what we can do through Jesus. When we suffer for his sake, we know him more. You might remember a couple months ago when I preached, I, talk, I talked about John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that we know him, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom he sent. That's eternal life, is knowing God. And we know Jesus more, we know God more by stepping into that suffering. We suffer for Christ so that we can build that relationship more with him, so that we can know more of him, so we can understand more of him. But there's one more big part of this. We suffer for Christ so that we can show other people 
Christ. By his wounds we are healed, and by our wounds other people will see his wounds and will be healed. I can tell you right now that the gospel was never proclaimed through someone asserting their rights or proving their entitlement. The gospel is never shown through that, through someone saying, no, I, I have the right to do this, or you can't do that to me. The gospel is never told through that. The gospel is told through suffering. People see that difference in your life. People see there's something different about that person. Why are they suffering unjustly? Not only does it show the master, not only does it show your boss, it shows all the people around you the gospel. We live in a world right now where Christians don't have a very great name. If you, if you look up anything on the news, most of the stories on there aren't about how great Christians are. A lot of them are the negative things about Christians. And a lot of that is our fault. Because we try to claim that we have these things. We try to say that people are infringing on our rights, and yet that never shows anybody the gospel. That never tells anybody that story of Christ, the one who gave it all up for us. We show people that through suffering. And I think one of the things I've really understood through this in the past couple of days, because the truth is, the number one person that I'm preaching to right now is me. And if I'm not preaching to myself when I'm up here, then what is it worth? And as I've begun to understand this passage, more and more what I realize is that it's about having that heart of a servant. It's about having that heart of a servant. Jesus Christ had the heart of a servant. Not just when he died, but throughout his whole life, we see this servant putting others before himself, caring for others, showing other people love. This is about having the heart of a servant. And yeah, there is truth to, there's times where we need to stand up as Christians, and there is times when, when, when we may need to, to choose what's right, when we can't submit to that master because we need to do what's right. But I'm going to tell you, most of the time, this is about having the heart of that servant. If you see who Jesus is, and if you see who Jesus, what Jesus has done for you, you're going to have much more of that heart of a servant. All of us have an opportunity this week to do this, and I've realized how much more I have that opportunity as I've been stepping into this, because I realize how often in my life I have an opportunity to serve someone, and I don't. This isn't the kind of thing where I'm going to tell you afterwards, okay, you need to go to a different country and, and share the gospel. That'd be great if you did, but this is about everything in your life. You're going to find every single day you're going to go, if, if, you, if you listen to this, if you, if you heed Peter's words in here, you're going to have an opportunity to go, how can I serve that person? As you're driving down the road, you know what I realized yesterday is how much I assert my rights as I'm driving. I'm all like, hey, the speed limit's 55, you can go 55, come on. I, I, you know, I feel like I have the right to go the speed limit, right? And this person in front of me is going too slow. Hey, you know what? Um, you're in the lane that ends, okay? I'm not. I don't have to do anything. You have to figure that out for yourself. <laughs> what about when you have the right of way? I realized, man, I have, you know, and I don't 
I have so much of an opportunity to serve other people. I don't think the gospel is ever shown through road rage. (laughs) But you know what happens when somebody lets me go in front of them? And it's not, it's not, you know, it's a, I can't even think of what the word I'm trying to say, but um, it's not easy for them to do that. They're, you know, they're going out of their way to let me go first. I usually go, man, wow, there's something different about that person. Now, I'm not saying every time you do that, that people are going to be like, that must be a follower of Jesus. I want to be like Jesus. (laughs) But do you want to miss an opportunity for that? Guys, this passage is so applicable to all of us. Every part in our lives, we have an opportunity to serve people just as Jesus served us. And we're called to serve everyone, even the unjust. Even when it's not fair, even when we shouldn't have to, we, we, we have, you know, these rights that we, we think that, you know, we should be able to uphold. I shouldn't have to do that, and yet, what's going to show them Christ? That's really my goal in this life. That should be my goal in this life, right? Is to show people Christ. Because if I'm not doing that, what am I doing? These rights that we have in this life, they're not going to last. You want me to tell you what's really not fair? Grace. Grace isn't fair. Grace isn't what we deserved. And yet he gave it freely. You want to know the only thing that you're actually entitled to? Salvation through Jesus Christ. But you're not entitled because of anything you did. You're entitled because Jesus Christ gave it to you freely. You want to know the only thing that can't be taken away from you in this life? It's your salvation in Jesus Christ. That's the only thing. You don't even hold your life in your hand. If you think you're entitled to to the right of your life, someone can take that way in an instant. The only thing we have in this life is salvation through Jesus Christ. And that's the thing that we should be living for. And that's the thing we should be showing everybody in our life. And we're only going to do that through serving. We're only going to do that through showing people love and forgiveness. That's what we have been called to. And as a son, an adopted son of God, as as a follower of Jesus Christ, I can't but do that. I have to follow Jesus' lead And I have to do that because that is the better way. Guys, serving is the better way. Serving is the best way. And there's nothing that can compare to that. Because it's who we are in Jesus. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much, God, for what you've done in our lives. And God, I pray that that you would be with us, God, that you would show us that heart that you had for serving people. God, I pray that you would, you would work in our hearts, God. Help to show us the ways in our life that we can serve. God, the ways that we can, we sh- we can show other people your love, your forgiveness. God, God, please work in our lives. God, help us to follow you with all of our hearts. In your name, amen.